1: Hey, yo, what's up? Coverband Central Wisdom Hour number 15. This is Steve Witchell coming to you live from New Orleans.
2: Yo, it's Tony B coming to you live from Canada. Canada.
1: Yeah, what's up, dude?
2: Oh, 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 Canada. How's the
1: weather up there? It's snowing, eh? Is it?
2: A little bit chilly. <sighs> Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada.
1: Very nice. Uh, What's so, happening,
2: brother? How are you tonight?
1: I am very well, thank you. How are you, sir?
2: Uh, dude, if I was doing any better, than would be an investigation. <laughs> That's great.
1: Batooks. That's good. Very good wisdom to start off the Wisdom Hour. Uh, so, I am, we are, uh, we are live wait, on... Yeah,
2: wait, Wisdom Hour. Yeah, it's off Wisdom Hour. You are as good as your mind tells you that you are. So if you say you are excellent, you are excellent, but you got to be gotta say with conviction and own it. You can't just be like, "I'm excellent. living the dream right you gotta say what you know whatever you say is what you are.
1: you gotta believe it, right
2: I played in the band with the I played in the band with the guy one time and said, "Hey, man, what do you say? Nothing good <laughs> really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
1: I guess he must have been a joy to be around.
2: You're not a very happy chap. Right. By no means.
1: All right, so we are officially live now on the Coverband Central page on the in and in the Coverband Central group. And I want to start by telling you about this group, dude. Um and I talked Don't a little sorry. bit about it last week, that it was starting to, to grow significantly. And um it has really gone it's like gone viral now this page uh this group uh in the last week now one thousand four hundred and seven or one thousand forty seven new uh people in there, and the total number is ten thousand two hundred forty three so one tenth of these people have after three years have joined in the last week um what yeah, so it's it's crazy busy I'm getting requests. Constantly. I mean, just constantly. There's It, it never stops. Um, and They're
2: thirsty for wisdom, Steve. They're thirsty.
1: Well, what's happening, dude, is um, it, it started, we talked about this last week, people just started kind of trying to help each other out by growing each other's uh, likes on their pages. And, um, and people were really receptive to that and excited about it. Um, Of helping each other out and it's really a nice thing to see especially in this day and age where people are at each other's throats for stupid reasons um, to have this this concentrated group of people who are just just there to help each other Um, so I'm really really stoked
2: about it man it's awesome yeah man musicians are tight in the community you know there's some assholes out there we've all encountered them but for the most part you know people are cool
1: yeah people are really cool um, and, you know, I have the power as the admin to just kick people out if they're not being cool. Um, and we, you know, we have not had that happen very often. Um, so uh, it's cool. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. And, I, and I'm enjoying seeing how it's going to progress from here because it's, it's obviously exploding and it's going to continue to do that. Um, so it might actually end up surpassing the page, which is at 80,000 right now. So it's yeah. it's quite far behind, but um, it might uh, it might be the better um, forum for me for what I want to accomplish with all this than the page. Uh, and it's interesting because uh, uh, I start when I started this whole idea, I uh, I opened the group. And I, do you know the differences between the group and the page? Do you know kind of uh, like fundamentally how how they're different? I know because you're not yeah. a Facebook guy, so
2: don't you? Describe quickly to me, enlighten me with some wisdom please
1: well like the the group is a, a collection of many people, and they can all engage with one another on the in in the posts in the newsfeed. they can post anything they like and it will show up on the newsfeed, and other people can engage that whereas with the page, only the admin posts um content and people can engage with it, but they can't post their own content on the page so the the page is kind of one too many thing. you gotcha. Um whereas the group is, is uh more like a collaborative effort. Um so um the group was at the thing that that I started first. That was the idea I wanted was to have a place where people were gonna ask each other questions and and help each other out in the business. And and that was going on a little bit, but it was mostly people just coming in and posting their gigs, putting a poster up or, or like a picture up. Um and not even a lot of people put music, which that would be better than like trying to advertise your gig. Because I, I don't have a problem with people advertising their gig, but you're not reaching the right audience there. You're, you're reaching other musicians from all over the world that aren't going to come to your gig. Um, so it's kind of a pointless post. Um, and that was really what happened for the majority of the first three years. And then it just all of a sudden organically started to become this thing that I really wanted it to be which was people asking questions that were really relevant to other musicians, um, and really helpful for other people to even read if they weren't, uh, interacting with it. So it's really become that. And then at somebody somewhere at some point, I don't know who started it on the page, but somebody said, Hey, let's do a like for like thing. You like my page, I'll like your page. And that started to really blow up that, uh, people were getting really excited about they were getting a lot more likes on their page and even it was only a couple dozen more it was making people uh pretty excited so um so i think that's what what's uh helped it to grow so it's my original vision is coming into fruition
2: yeah it becomes more of a collaborative community you know where everyone can can share instead of just going to view stuff right
1: Right on. Um, so I'm psyched about that. So that was one thing I wanted to talk about tonight on our podcast. Um, and uh, so you you haven't played. You, you're playing next week?
2: I'm playing uh, Labor Day weekend.
1: Is that next week? Well, when is Labor Day weekend? It's
2: a week from Saturday. So not this weekend, but the following right.
1: weekend. Okay. All right. That's good to know. Um, and we were talking, we started talking about subs last week, and I wanted to kind of talk about more into that
2: yeah i'll be playing that gig with two subs actually uh a singer and a guitar player and the cool thing about that is they're totally down they learned a bunch of tunes they knew a bunch of tunes that we do already and then we you know we we pulled a bunch of tunes off of their set list uh to add into the repertoire so it'll be a fun night because it'll be you know probably 15 songs that we normally wouldn't do between, you know, learning a bunch and then, you know, us playing stuff that they already know. So it's going to be fun. Looking forward to it. The one guy's a sound engineer, so he'll handle the board and, you know, he'll be able to tweak stuff and uh, set the scene on the new Behringer. But it'll be good It's outdoors, down the beach. Uh, I'm building a special kit for it. Nice. I'm going to bring like a hybrid. We're doing limelight, so I need to bring some Neil Pert type of Apparatuses with me to authentically reproduce
1: that's cool that's ambitious with the you're, yeah, you're, i mean you're not rehearsing with these guys right
2: no they're just showing up and playing
1: so you're gonna show up and play with a band that you've never played with and play rush um <laughs> yes indeed that's impressive
2: but you know what i mean as long as i, I mean i've played this song, you know a dozens of times, you know, if not a hundred times. So as long as, you know, I can lead the charge, so to speak, those guys, it will not, you know, uh, I'm confident it's going to sound great because uh, Kel, you know, my regular, you know, bass player in the band, he's there. So me and him will be locked. And then these guys are pros. So they're like, yeah, just let me know what you want to do. and We'll learn it and we'll, and we'll crank it out. So the guy's going to sing it. The guitar player is going to learn it. He's going to learn all the parts, going to learn the solo. And it's going to be like magic.
1: i like your positive attitude that's great
2: it's gonna be because i say it will be (laughs) yes
1: that's awesome um so i i mean there's a lot to talk about with with subs um like uh so i mean like let's talk about hiring because you guys are are it's your gig and you've hired these subs and um You've never played with them before, but they know people that you know. So,
2: what well, what, what are the things? The, I, I, so, Jimmy, Jimmy, the keyboard player, he did play a wedding with with uh, these guys' band, you know, with their band, right? Um, and we were supposed to do a gig with them last year, but it got rained out uh, the day of. So, unfortunately, we had, the gig was canceled. It was an outdoor gig, and it was like a a tropical storm, and you know, the the, the host was not going to have a tent and was not going to risk. You know equipment getting damaged and people not being able to make it and it was just you know it was it all as well because it actually like a, a monsoon rained poured high winds it would have been a terrible gig you know would have been would not have been a good time right but sorry i interrupted you you were you well, were saying
1: i, I was going to ask you what what are the things that you now are you um since steve isn't going to be there who is going to be like the band leader is that going to be you or are you going to be in charge of stuff or is nobody's
2: no either me or Jimmy because Jimmy has made the set list he's been in court you know he's had communication with the guys he's got their contact info he's kind of set the whole thing up but once we get there yeah we'll have to have a little sound check and some conversation about you know timing of things and I'll I'll probably be involved in that right okay so so what
1: are you what are the things since you're hiring the subs what what are the things that you feel are the most important things that you look for in somebody coming in and subbing with your band and doing a good job Uh, like what are your expectations where you would feel that you were you made the right choice
2: well not going in blind right because we have some knowledge of these guys they're professional musicians so they're not they're not you know a bunch of hacks, so to speak. So I have confidence that, you know, their confidence of saying, we don't really need to rehearse. We live far away. You just tell us whatever songs you want to learn, and we will be prepared and ready to play them the day of the gig. So right off the bat, their enthusiasm to learn anything, you know, whether it would be two songs or uh, a dozen songs, no problem. Um, singers, I can sing anything. Can sing Rush, can sing... Lou Reed, yeah. you know, you can see yeah. a wide gamut of stuff. So first and foremost, their ability to be able to perform, right, their attitude. And then, um, you know, for me, it would be the, the, the other things that they can bring to the table. The one guy's a sound engineer. He owns a studio. So he's going to be able to take over the duties of what Steve would normally do with the sound, right? And he's going to, he knows the board. He has the same board. So for this particular gig, which is, you know, it's a, it's a big gig. For us, it's probably 200 people. You know, it's down LBI. They closed down a whole block. Um, you know, it's 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 big. It's big time. Uh, right. You know, and, and we've played it. You know, this would be like the fifth year that we've done it. And it's always, you know, people come from blocks around to this party because it's, it's getting some notoriety now. And, you know, it's a high-profile gig, so you want it to be the best it can be. So I'm confident, you know, I'm comfortable that right. these guys will be the right fit. But typically it's... You know, it's really the attitude, you know, and when you have that conversation with the sub on the phone, like, how willing is he going to be to learn stuff? And how seriously is he taking the gig? Is it nonchalant? Is the guy a professional sub? You know, I've used a sax player in the past from South Jersey. Killer player. Has his own band, but he subs a lot. You know, he subs between, you know, 10, 12 different bands. Right. And he's got his little notebook and he knows a thousand songs. And. You know you can jam, and that's cool. you know, that's really important.
1: Yeah, uh, you know I, I'm trying to think of more like general kind of digger dig a little deeper, um, it, uh, just kind of general things that uh, you know. Obviously, you, you expect them to play well. You expect them to be on time. Um, you know, you expect them to be enthusiastic. Those things. You know, those are those are things. Oh. But like, like for instance, I had this past weekend. I I had a uh, my drummer, my regular drummer, Jason, who you know, uh, on the weekend band at Crazy Corner, um, dropped a boat battery on his foot and broke his foot in three places. Ouch. Yeah. On Friday. He did that on Friday afternoon or Friday morning. So we had a sub drummer for Friday night and then a different sub drummer for Saturday night. Um, Now, these two guys, I've worked with both of them before um uh the the drummer from friday I worked with a lot i've worked with him dozens and dozens of times in his band and also for him subbing for me um and and um he is one of the most even-tempered people i've ever met in my life um he doesn't get upset about anything on stage he doesn't get overly excited about anything he's rock solid um but a thing about him like when he subs for me the thing that i really appreciate about him is um he pays attention you know so th- that would be a thing i would I-, I would i would hope for when somebody is subbing for my band i want them to be i want to make sure they pay attention that's an important thing to do um if you're subbing you got to pay attention to what's going on all the time because people you don't know the show perfect even if you played with the man before and you need to watch for cues and stuff so that's something about him that I really like. Uh, the other thing is that I really like about him is he listens to my direction, you know. And like I'm good at cueing people on stage, and I'm standing right next to the drummer, um, and you know he's always you know, he's always aware uh, if I'm trying to communicate with him, and he's always just very receptive and immediate with it. So you know if I tell him playing the song, you know he goes right in. There's no no BS about it. So that's another thing that I would appreciate is if you're subbing for my band, listen to my direction.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And you know what else is really important? The the sub, the person subbing has to be enjoyable to hang out with.
1: Yeah.
2: They got to be fun and cool, you know?
1: Yeah. Now, um, he he is, you know, he's very mellow, but he's also a very nice guy. Um, And then the drummer on uh, Saturday, I've played with before probably about a half dozen to eight times, nine times maybe. Um, and he's a bit younger. He's in his 30s, I would say. Um, very, very good drummer. Um, he's he's from the school of John Bonham and Tommy Lee. Um, so he, he's like a hard hitter, behind-the-beat player. I love his feel. He's got a great feel. Um, the thing about him, though, is he's got a lot of chops, and he likes to show that (laughs) off um and and Uh, because because he's young you know sometimes he just doesn't he's not putting it in a place where it's tasty it where he's putting in a place where it's a little overbearing um sometimes and there's there's times when i played with him where it's he does it a lot and it's just too much but saturday he didn't really do all that much um and when he did he was doing it a little bit tastier so i guess he's learning uh, as he's playing more. But it, it's easy to f- for a drummer especially to get overexcited there because we're in New Orleans. It's the weekend. The club is packed. There's cute girls in the front dancing and it's easy to kind of get, you know, your adrenaline goes up and you, you play a lot. But he's a really good player. But a thing I would, uh, uh, again, expect for um, somebody who is subbing for me is don't overplay. You know, whatever your instrument is, don't overplay. Play the song. So that would be a point that I would put on that list yes
2: you said that a lot too right it's not a sh- it's not a showcase for chops it's 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 a group effort right it's a team everyone has to contribute their part to it you know and like you said tastefully right you know if you have chops and you're a great player that's you know there will be a time in the evening to showcase that at some point but you need to understand the correct time of that and which song and where to do it right. And not just for the sake of doing it. Right. And if, if you feel like doing it, that's great. But not to show off. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's it makes a it... sign of maturity as a player, I think too. Right. When you're young and you learn new licks and stuff, and you're you can do stuff. Um, it works both ways though. Sometimes overplaying works. You know, depending on the song or the style of music that you're playing, it can. From a drummer's perspective too, it can drive the band. You know, as long as, like you said, it's done tastefully.
1: As a, yeah, make it musical. As long as it's musical. If you are just hitting sixteenth notes on your on your bass drum and through like eight bars of a song, that's that's not musical. That's like that's just you are just stepping on everybody. Yes, you know. And and one of the drummers I play with does that a lot. You know, he's got he's a great drummer. He's got great chops, but he you know he'll do that where it's just relentless and it's stepping on everything else that's going on in the song and. You know, you could do that, but just do it a little bit, you know, just do, make it tasty, you know, uh, not just because, uh, you know, what other music? I mean, you, you got thrash music that's that uses the 16th no double kick thing. And where else is that appropriate <laughs> besides that?
2: It can, You know, it can be appropriate if you're playing a small kit, let's say like you only have a five piece kit and you could use another floor tom. You know, because that and then the kick drum, you know, you could finish the fill with it, right? You know, to add some bottom. But I know you're saying just that. The, you know, the the double bass, Tommy Aldridge, you know, yeah, any of those guys. I mean, it can be used. You know, like I said, again, tastefully. You know, but it is there is a time and a place for it, um, but not for eight bars worth. You know,
1: yeah, eight or sixteen sometimes. Like, come on,
2: yeah, like one bar. You know, to to do something <laughs> yeah. is cool. You know
1: because as a bass player i i have no other option but to play 16th notes on my bass if i want to not be just buried in the in the in the song um and that's like i mean i'm okay with playing 16th notes but it's just it just it just doesn't feel musical to me
0: but especially
1: if you're a sub you know you, you if you're a sub like, I know when I sub for anybody, I go in and I play the song. Just play the song right. Um, you know, I'll put in little things here and there to make it t- tasty. But I know how to make it musical. I know where to put it. So it's, um, you know, so it fits. Um, but you got to play the song. Know the changes. Know the key parts of uh
2: of songs. Well, know the map, right? Know, know the basic root and map of the song, right? Especially if you're a drummer, right, of all. You need to know the lay of the land so you can lead everybody down the path. Yes. Effectively, yes. right? Yes, That That's really the job, right? That's the drummer's job. You know, get people up dancing and th- people get up and dance to grooves, not to fills.
1: Yeah, and, and to his credit uh, on Saturday... excuse me um see what a thing that happened um this weekend too because jason's gone so he left me in charge um and this band that i'm playing with on the weekend was originally a band that i put together uh two and a half years ago now uh it's got different members but and a different name but the job itself was one that i got and then i left for a little while to play in a wedding band and then i came back and with, it's a different name and different people, except for one. Per- the guitar player is the same person. Um, and when I ran the band in the, the first year and a half, I called the show um, because I wanted to have that creative control over everything. If I'm if I'm responsible for this, I'm signing the, the pay sheets. I want to be able to call a show, and um, you know I'm going to tune my own horn a little bit. I'm good at it. I've been doing it for a long time. I know how to put songs together that make sense um, and how to keep things moving. Um, it's fun for me. It's an art to me. Um, so when yeah, I came back... I had to have this
2: conversation many times.
1: Yeah. So when I came back to the band, um, I wasn't calling the show anymore. Uh, somebody else was calling the show, and I just came in, and I'm just playing bass and singing. Um, and that's been for the last nine ten months about uh november i started so yeah about 10 months um and now we have two different completely different singers uh new keyboard player um and the same guitar player and um it's it's been a, a little bit of adjustment because one of the, the singers is new kind of new to this whole thing and new to new orleans and new at calling shows and stuff and he's been doing it and the other singer, uh, when we were on break on Saturday, said, you know, we're having trouble. There's too much dead air on stage, blah, blah, blah. And I said, look, I got a solution. Let me call the show. Um, and I was, you know, I've been thinking about doing it for a while, but I was reluctant because I didn't want to I didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I didn't want to act like, you know, this was my band and I'm going to come in and, and take over. Um, but that seemed like the right point to just say, hey, look, I know how to do this. Let me do it. So we went back up and we have the sub drummer and we went back up uh after our half hour break and played another triple and I called the show and it was seamless it was just song 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 uh, you know everybody was very good at at taking my cues and 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 especially the, especially the drummer and he just didn't overplay he just played right in the pocket he was right on top of everything and that to me is a guy who I would just hire time and time again to sub so that's a really good quality to have just be able to pick up on that uh, and not complain and, not, you know, just and be in the moment and do your job. It's
2: good stuff. Yeah, pay attention, you know, like when I used to sub with the elevators, a lot of that, you know, <clears throat> a lot of audibles, a lot of, you know, no dead air, one song into the next, you know, you got to pay attention. Yeah.
1: And I, I have a good spot on the stage where I can see everybody and I can kind of communicate with everybody easily. So that that's that's beneficial for me to call the show but um you have to know when to look up and when to you know to know what what song is going to be next um and i like to give people plenty of notice and i'm always thinking two or three songs ahead to um planning out a course it's fun for me it's like a little game
2: (laughs) and how do you convey that to the guys in the band that's a great question
1: um we use hand signals um and uh, another like
2: language like you know
1: yeah we, we we've we come up with our own kind of language yeah for for communicating songs so we have certain hand sing- signals for um the songs that we play most often i was actually i was actually considering making a video of those or ma- or taking the pictures <laughs> of those and putting it like this is Song, Standard song hand
2: signals to cue your band
1: yeah because the, some of them we come up with are really silly that like they really don't make any sense but it's just we've all decided this is what it is so you know, kind of like a coach in baseball you know sending signals to the batter uh you know he's tugging on his ear he's wiping his nose yeah you know, like and that's that's a signal so it's kind of like that sort of thing um so that's that's it and, and well the Sometimes you don't have... There's certain songs you don't have a hand signal for. um, And you have to... A good talent to have, uh, I've discovered over the years, uh, is the ability to read lips. (laughs) If you're good at reading lips, then um, you can communicate. Because my guitar player is excellent at reading lips, or reading my lips at least. Um, And he's all the way across the stage from me, and I will just mouth whatever the song is, and he'll... He'll know. He'll give me a nod. Okay.
2: Um, you know, it's fun sometimes when there's an audible called, right? And, like, Steve will turn around to me and he'll say a song or, or, or I'll be calling out a song. And I'll I'll give everyone the look and the nod and, like, mouth it to him, and everyone knows. And then someone I turn to Cal and he, he's, like, in sheer panic because he doesn't know what song's coming next. And if it starts with drums, I'm not worried about it. You know what I mean? I'll just like make gibberish with my mouth like I'm selling him something that really makes no sense. And he'd be all confused looking. And then when the song starts, he'll be like in a panic to, to figure out when he has to come in until he realizes what song <clears> it is.
1: <throat> that's funny.
2: But I know that like uh, Albrecht's band does that a lot. The way Poloid, they just, right. they, they just, he, you know, there is no audibles. They just play one song into the next, into the next, into the next. And it's whatever Jim feels like playing. Right. That's and great and you know and it's seamless but there's no you know you definitely need to be paying attention because anything c- can happen at any time.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like boot camp for a musician too. That that sort of thing because I've seen Jim's Band Hoypole. I've seen them a bunch of times when I lived in Jersey. And uh they were always a kick to watch because of that uh unpredictability of <laughs> where it's going. And watching people try to fumble for like what what song is this what key is it in. And, and it, I mean it's kind of if you learn improvisation when you're young playing then you really enjoy that sort of thing um at a gig
2: yeah there's no panic it's just fun
1: yeah um because there's only 12 notes so you know
2: you know and that's the thing too What you were saying earlier about like a good sub it's someone that's relaxed and you know is not stressing and, and like you said it's pretty even you know mannered and you know it was having a good time, not not in a lackadaisical, sloppy way, but just not stressed out, you know
1: right and grateful you know grateful is good oh yeah that's a that's a point I would put and any time that I subbed and I did it a lot in Jersey, and that's what kind of led me to the being able to do it get this whole thing down here but um, I was always grateful you know I always walked in and, and thanked. Them for having me and, and, uh, you know, and did the gig with a smile. Didn't do it perfect, probably ever, but.
2: You know what's cool, too, when you have a sub and then, you know, a couple tunes into the gig or at the break, they say, you know, wow, man, you know, this is really great. Your band is really, really good. And it makes it easier for them because it's like playing along to a record, you know? So if your band is tight and you only have one sub, um, as long as that guy is on, you know, has done his homework and is ready to play, uh, everyone else does their job. It, it should be, you know, seamless and effortless.
1: Yeah, I love that. There's a couple of times I've I've subbed and then I'd be on break and, and people uh, that were in the crowd, they come up and say, hey, how long have you guys been together? Like, uh, <laughs> how, what, what what time is it? <laughs> Um, that's always fun, yeah, and I you know I make it a point when somebody is subbing for my band if they 're doing a great job right off the bat, I make sure I let them know um every time because that I love that feeling um as a sub if I go into a situation if i 'm a little nervous or whatever and but i go in and i and I nail the song, and whoever turns to me and compliments me that just it, it relaxes you, it makes you. Like, just feel no pressure, and and, uh, and you can play better when you feel that way. So I always make a point to do that.
2: Oh, yeah, no doubt, because if you're, you know, you given the sub reinforcement that he's doing a good job, you know, providing that he is, uh, it's some reassurance, right? And then, like you said, the confidence builder and, you know, a couple tunes in, you know, and like, like you and I have spoken about. Some people you just click with, you know, you get a, a sub, and it just works right off the bat.
1: Yeah. On the flip side, though, if they're not doing well, um, you know, I, I wear my heart on my sleeve, man. So I, I, I can't I won't compliment them. And in fact, I'll I'll try to direct them, you know, um, as best I can. I can usually suss out how much experience somebody has or how good they're going to be pretty quickly. Um, so if if there's no hope, <laughs> which I played in situations like that, too, with drummers, where like, all right, this guy is not. He's not gonna get it, no matter what I say, so just try to cue him as best I can and smile my way through it.
2: yep, now you definitely come across some of those,
1: yeah, uh drummers mostly like I, because I've worked with more drummers as subs than any other instrument as subs
2: um, yeah, and the hardest thing is you know tempo and dynamics and volume, right those are two gig killers that seem to be very prevalent with drummers
1: yes and knowing the song know the song and uh, you know a thing i would say too is um sometimes a lot of times you're discussing it on stage do you know the song do you know the song um either you know it or you don't there's no uh i'm not sure you know either you're ready to play it now or you're not um you know, I've been in, in situations a lot of times there where people will say to me, do you know the song? And I'll say, I, no, I don't know it, but I've heard it. Uh, I, I'm, I'm familiar with it. It's in my head. Tell me what key it's in and I can play it. But it's kind of easy for me as a bass player. And um, But in cases where you're a sub and there's a chance that you're going to train wreck it, then I would say don't do that, you know. Just be quick about it. be quick about your answer, I would say, because you're on stage, you don't have to you don't have a lot of time to debate it. Can I play it now? Yes
2: or It no. also depends on your confidence level of being able to play it, right? Like you may not own it hundred percent, but if you heard it enough where you think you're ninety percent sure of the tune, then that's your call.
1: yeah, if it's a, like a two four song and you're a drummer, then you're good to go. If you've heard it before, you're going to be fine especially if you're a pro, you know, you can, you can figure it out. You can take cues and you hear it in your head. If you hear it in your head, I think, especially as a drummer, because you don't have to, I think it'd be, I'm not a drummer, but I think it would be easier as a drummer to figure stuff out because you hear it in your head than a an instrument that has notes because, you know, you have to guess at notes sometimes i mean you can use common sense you know knowing what key you're in and knowing how chord changes usually work um but i don't know do you find it easy for you if it's in your head to just you know be able to figure it out to play it
2: yeah and if you don't know the song listen to what the bass player is playing and that'll you know establish the rhythm where the kick should be
1: right right
2: you know what i mean that's a good you know way in if you're really unsure, or if you if you say I really don't know the song, and they say Oh no, it's easy, man. It Just goes like this, and you play this little thing here, and I'll cue you, and you're off and running, you know. Then as long as your heads up and you're you're paying attention, you can you, you can fake your way through it, you know. Right. But for the most part, um, yeah, you know, if you hear it in your head or you know the song, and you know, again, you know, everyone always jokes about drummers not being musicians and drummers being, you know hanging out with guys in the band and not really, you know, considered because they don't play a, a an instrument with notes, so to speak, you know. <laughs> but a good drummer and a great drummer versus a mediocre drummer, that's how the band's going to sound. You know what I mean? You can have a, a decent band with a great drummer, the band's going to sound great. You can have a great band with a mediocre drummer, the band's going to sound mediocre. Just the way it goes. You know, it doesn't matter how good the other guys in the band are, how tight they are, how together they are, if the drummer is not propelling, you know, with the right feel, at the right tempo, and he's not setting that groove up for the rest of the band to sit in with him, it's not going to sound good, you know? So, drummers always take a bashing, but, you know, they call the seat of thrones. A (laughs) bashing.
1: That's funny. Bashing your cymbals. Yeah,
2: we love you drummers. We all do. Drummers take a cheek they sit on the throne, you know? Yes.
1: Um so I had a thought and I just lost it. Um oh, oh yeah, I remember. You wanna like if you're gonna be somebody who subs, um, you know, get yourself out there, meet people, um, uh get up on stage as much as you can if if that's something that you're looking to do. You usually get a good uh reputation of being a sub quickly. Like if you do well, you'll get a good reputation quickly and it will, the word will spread. Um, but always be prepared, you know, and always, uh, even when you don't have any time. And I have a story that I'm going to tell you that I've never told you um, that I thought of today when I was thinking about what we we're going to talk about in the podcast. Um, Dude. And it's a story where I subbed, um, but I, I didn't uh, expect it or was not prepared. Um, I was working at, I had a real job. I was a manager of Moto Photo, which was a a photo lab slash uh, portrait studio. I remember Moto Photo. Yeah. And I want to say early 2000s. And I got off for work and I went to the Fireside, which was a club in Denville, New Jersey, uh, where a lot of the cool bands played cover bands. It was a big cover band room. Um, and a lot of people went there and, uh, it was also a restaurant and I went there for dinner after work and I was sitting at the bar eating a hamburger or drinking a beer. And I played there, you know, prior to that, a lot of times I knew the people that worked there, the manager and the owners and stuff. Uh, but I was just there to chill out after work. And, uh, the band usually started at 10 o'clock and I'm sitting there eating my burger. I'm looking at the clock and it's like. Ten o'clock. It's ten o five. It's ten o seven. And I'm like, where is the band? And the uh, why is the band not playing? Because they were very strict at the fireside about starting on time. About, oh yeah, you know, oh, yeah. it was ten to ten forty five, and then eleven fifteen to twelve, and then uh, twelve thirty to one fifteen, and that was it. That was your night. Um, and um, the band that was playing there that night was uh, Yasker's Farm. Do you remember them?
2: Yeah, sure. My I played uh Jay Russo used to play in a band with me and he was a keyboard player at Yazgers for years.
1: Okay. Um I don't remember the cat's name. Uh the the guy who ran the band, he was a guitar player. Kind of like like a Carlos Santana kind of dude. Um Yep. And they played songs from that era, like the Woodstock era type of stuff. Um and they had this the the singer at the time was this girl Katie and that that's why I went there for that night. Um she used to sing in a band called called uh good girls don't which was one of the biggest cover bands yeah. in jersey in in the late 80s early 90s uh um they were fantastic they were you know all women and uh and katie was the singer and i always thought she was so good she was so sexy she said had such a great voice so i just kind of went to the fireside side to go have a burger and watch watch them play for a little bit and then go home and um so yeah, I'm looking at the clock and it's like, it's after 10 and then Patty, the manager comes over to me and she goes, um, can you play bass tonight? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I don't have any gear with me. I'm like in a, sitting here in a tie with, you know, from work. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I can. I was just so thrilled about the idea and I didn't know what their set list was. I had never seen the band before. I didn't have any gear with me, anything. So I was like alright, well, I don't have a bass, so I'm going to call my friend, and I called my friend Tom, um, who lived nearby. I said, can you bring me a bass? And he goes, yeah, I'll be right there. And um, he showed up like 10 minutes later, and I, I think we plugged through the PA, probably. And I just got up on stage, and I played the gig. And they it was just taking cues from people all night. Um, some of the songs I knew, some I did not, um, but I mean, not only did I get through the gig, dude, I went through the gig so enthusiastically because I went up there on stage was because everybody saw me just sitting there hanging out, and then I got up on stage on the mic. I'm like, "What am I doing up here?" <laughs> and everybody kind of laughed and and uh.
2: Tie on?
1: Yeah, I uh, know. I think I took it off at some point.
2: Oh, that would have been classic, dude! Like yeah. dress shirt tucked in tie.
1: Yeah, yeah. I had no change of clothes, nothing with me, so. But so I, the
2: tired shoulder like you're eating
1: but i i just went up there it, it was like a kid in a candy store man i was just it was so much fun to me just the whole idea of that happenstance you know that the fact that i was there at this crucial time and what happened was the bass player um uh you know i don't even remember exactly what it was he he might i got a flat tire or a minor car accident or something. it wasn't a major deal but he wasn't able to make it. So he didn't show up the whole night. So I played with the band the whole night and, uh, I just had a blast, man. I just, I, I didn't there was no pressure, no expectations of anything. I'm just here to help these people out. But I went above and beyond helping them out by going up there and having fun and singing backup vocals and, and playing the songs well. And the moral of that story, I guess, is you always be prepared. You never know when you're going to have this, this shot, at doing something so it's funny
2: you say that because I had a student of mine it uh, was a friend of mine this uh, guy by the name of Jeff and he same thing he was somewhere and out with you know his friends and his brother and they're drinking and they, you know it's getting late and at some point the drummer in the band got so shit faced that he couldn't play anymore oh, so they were oh. like you know we got another set of music to do and he's like hey you know screw it like you know he he, he you know he had no inhibitions because he you know had a few drinks so he was loose and he was ready he's like i'll get up and i you know, what do you, you know what do you guys know and here's what i know and he got up and he you know, he played his way through a set worth of tunes that were off the cuff some he didn't know some the band didn't know but they faked their way through and at the end of the night they all had a, you know they're all high five in and had, had a great time you know and exchanged numbers and i saw him at uh You know, I saw him out, uh, you know, a couple months after that. And he was like, dude, wait till I tell you the story about what a great experience I had similar to yours. He's like, you know, unexpected, had no idea I was going to play. And, you know, wound up having a great time.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, like you said, the inhibitions go away. And I think that's when you play your best, when you're not thinking, you know, you're just, just feeling and just having fun. You know, that's why we all do this. And that situation just really lends itself so well to that because you like you got none to lose. You just you're just doing something in the moment.
2: Yeah, and that's when some of the best you know most magical moments happen. Yeah. There's no stress, there's no pressure, right? You just you're in the moment, creating.
1: It, it's so valuable to to really approach it like that, and, you know. And any time you play, you really should approach things like that. But you know, for, in my case, it gets so repetitive sometimes where it's
2: like. Uh, I'm doing this again. <laughs> but, but if you're playing like that every time, and not only that, imagine living your life like that, right? No fear, like don't care, you know, uh, about what other people might think about you. Don't care how you may look to other people, and you know, no ego and no subconscious feelings. Just you know, just in it, in the moment, all the time, everywhere. How freeing, you know?
1: Yeah and that's what yeah where the magic comes like you said man that's where the magic that's what the, the thing that we all strive for too because we've all been there and felt it and we always we want to feel it again and again and again that's why we keep playing
2: absolutely
1: yeah good stuff so um yeah good good qualities to have as being a sub and good things to look for hiring a sub. What else is there? There's got to be other, other things that are important.
2: Well, that the person has transportation, that they're not on probation with <laughs> they, a you know, house arrest. Those are things that may factor into,
1: right? Don't drink too much too. If you're subbing, you can drink. Have a, if, if everybody on the band drinks, then, you know, have a couple drinks, but don't get drunk because then you won't get hired again.
2: Yeah, it's it's and you're definitely not playing your best if you're bombed, you know? And you're probably like you know, to your point, you won't be asked back. Um you know, they want, you know, a band wants a reliable sub who also is prepared and professional, you know, and getting shit-faced drunk and being sloppy is not going to do it. Right. You know, and even if the rest of the band is like that and you're the sub and you're not then at least you can hold it together a little bit better, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, you want to be social with people, but you want to be responsible with your craft. Yeah. And you might, I think people think they play better because they drink, because you get a little buzz on and your inhibitions go away and that's where you kind of let loose, but you can learn how to do that without alcohol, too.
2: Yeah, and that's a fine line too, you know, a shot before the first set, if someone needs to take the edge off a little bit, is different than, you know, four drinks before you've even started playing. Oh, yeah, that's that's a no-no.
1: Like, I like to drink at, at you know, at my gigs, um, but I've seriously, like, especially lately, considerably cut down on that like i i'm trying to lose some weight in my belly <laughs> i'm trying to lose my belly fat and uh so i stopped drinking beer um so i'll do a shot at the swamp that's it i just do one um
2: sometimes it's hard too if people are buying the band drinks you know and you got a couple people coming up with shots for everybody and what are you drinking and can i get yeah. you some or is it around the beers you know all of a sudden you got four or five drinks maybe around you
1: yeah um, that's rare for me
2: yeah, I mean, I've lived through it a couple of times, and you know, being a drummer, it's great because they pass it back to you, and then you know, you can salute everybody, and then you can turn around and put it on the ground, you know, next to you. Right. You know, right, right. To drink it, it's <clears throat> hidden. It's behind you. You know, you really can't see it. Right. Um, you know, you don't want to make that mistake of you come off a break and. You know, if you have a lot of people and friends and acquaintances out of there and they're like, oh, man, do a shot, do a shot, do a shot. All of a sudden you may have done four or five shots. Now you're back in the second set and, you know, four or five songs in it starts coming on and you're like, oh, I'm in trouble. Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> We've all been there, you know, and you learn from that. And, uh, you know, it's something that you don't want to do because you can't get out of it. You know what I mean? Like once you reach that point where you can't play, you're not coming back from that, you know, yeah. anytime soon. And then, I, like you said, you're in trouble and, you know, people that depended on you that are, you know, in the band with you are now, you know, you have a problem.
1: Yeah, I've never gotten to the point where I can't play. Um, I've also never gotten, like, shit face drunk when, when I'm subbing. Uh, but I've gotten drunk with a band that I'm not subbing with. But I've never gotten to the point where I can't play.
2: Yeah, but I, I me neither. But I would say you can't play at the level that you want to play at. You know, and people see me all the time. Why don't you drink, man, have some drinks? And I'd say, because if I drink, I'm not going to be able to play at the level I want to play at. You know, I will do a shot, but that is it. Right.
1: Yeah, you want to know your level of tolerance. Um, I learned it easily because, you know, playing here five nights a week, you get into a rhythm of a pattern of drinking and playing and, you know, whatever you're, Daily patterns are eating and and sleeping, and you learn your body's you know what it what it can tolerate and so um I stick to it you know i don't cross that line of what I can't tolerate um, because I know i mean it is important for me to be able to do my job in order to keep my job
2: well, and like you've spoken about in past wisdom hours you know you you're getting paid to provide a service. Right, so you, you know, if you were drunk at work, you'd get fired, right? You know, if you're on a regular job.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it's one of the very few jobs where you're allowed to drink, even encouraged to drink. Like you said, people buy you shots.
2: Right. Drink. Again, moderation.
1: Drink, drink musician monkey. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, but know your limits, right? Definitely know your, know your limits.
1: limits. Know, your, know your level of tolerance. I, I, I put that in uh, one of the articles I wrote early on about uh, – you know, I just said drink responsibly and um, have food in your stomach. You know, I always eat a good meal before I go play. So I have a good, you know, good base there to soak stuff up. Um, And I drink right these days now. I'm drinking a lot of water at work, which is great. You know, I'm going through like three or four bottles of water in a four-hour gig. Um,
2: oh, yeah. No, definitely hydrate. And like you said, that's that's good that's a good practice, you know.
1: Yeah. So, mix it up with water. You know, be responsible. Good practice. All right. So, you want to get to the funny?
2: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of funny stuff on on the in the group right now with All
1: the right. jokey. Yeah. So once a week I've been doing this now, and I'm going to keep this up on Sundays at four thirty Eastern time, p.m. Uh, post, uh, something on cover band central on the page, uh, for you guys to respond to that we can, uh, read back to you some of the best stuff. And it's either a question or, or it's always a question. It's something that will, uh, spark some, uh, conversation and, and bring the funny. So this week I just said no, any good musician jokes. And we got three, what is it? 370. What is it?
2: 372.
1: 372 responses. So we got some. And uh, it's all in the delivery. So what you got?
2: Oh, there's some funny ones in here. But I'll tell you what, there's, there's so many. Like the most beaten to death joke is, you know, what do you call the guy that hangs out with the band? The drummer. <laughs> I mean, that's that's been told a million, million times. But there's some yes. good ones here. Uh Let's see. Let me scroll through. I found there was some funny ones as we were going through the show. I was looking. Uh, oh, so you didn't bookmark these? All right. Did no, cause I'm up to. I'm in the 300s now. But as I went through, there was a couple that were, uh, you know, uh, there were some clever ones. You know.
1: Well, did you hear about the banjo player who left his car window open with the banjo on the seat? When he came back, when he came back, there were three more banjos. <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> and make, to make that louder alright some uh you know what, what, what does a stripper do to her asshole before she goes to work drops him off at band practice oh man <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, there's, a lot, there's a lot of the standard ones you know what do you call a bass player without a girlfriend what do you call a drummer without a girlfriend what do you call a guitar player without a girlfriend Homeless. Homeless, right. And the, the screw in the light bulb one. Everybody's telling it's that
1: great. joke. Yeah, How a, many lead singers it of... take to screw in a light bulb? Just one. But all he has to do is stand there and hold it since the world revolves around him or her.
2: Yeah, there are some funny ones. One said Elton John is great on the piano, but he sucks on the organ. How <laughs> hey, you know if the drummer's at your door, the knocking speeds up.
1: <laughs> <That's a> good... <laughs> I like that
2: one a lot. There's... Uh... Why did the guitarist go to jail? He fingered a minor, A minor. Oh, boy. Uh, what do you do when bass player knocks on <laughs> the door? Pay him for the pizza?
1: Yeah, the pizza delivery one.
2: There's a ton of pizza delivery ones. I mean, a ton. But there was... Uh,
1: hey, one- I've never <laughs> delivered pizzas, man. I
2: don't, I don't, I don't know many good, many good musician jokes, but I have played with a bunch of musicians that were jokes. There you go.
1: That's good. What was the one that, the uh I can't I can't say it to you without giving it away. That 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 specific drummer person who plays in a band that oh come on, Tony. <laughs> come on.
2: I don't know what you're talking about, man. It was one
1: know. word. It was a one word or maybe two words. A joke. Come on. I don't a drummer that it plays in a very, very popular band but tends to play too fast or too slow, or fluctuates, and people joke about this person all the time because he's uh he's very outspoken in the music business, especially things like Napster and
2: oh yes, yeah. so someone' know <laughs> any know any good musician jokes and someone wrote Lars Ulrich
1: <laughs> thank you. <laughs>
2: Someone wrote U2, someone wrote Coldplay, someone wrote Nickelback. I mean, there's there's tons, you know I mean? There was, you know, I guess almost 400 of them in here, you know? Uh, there's just a lot, you know? <laughs> uh,
1: what's the difference between God and a lead singer? God doesn't think he's a lead singer.
2: <laughs> yeah, the Changing the Light bulb one, there's a ton of those. Uh To uh-huh. See a trombone player and a mouse in an alley at three a.m. Was the difference. The mouse is definitely coming from a gig. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, right. what did Rick Allen say to the police officer? Don't shoot. I'm, <laughs> I am unarmed.
1: I don't get. Oh, Rick Allen. Oh man.
2: Rick oh. Allen. from from oh. that, that That's important. <laughs> The definition of an eternal optimist is an accordion player wearing a beeper <laughs> that's good <laughs> a
1: beeper who has beepers like exactly. what year was that joker written
2: <laughs> was it, it was between a guitarist and a large pizza a large pizza can feed a family. Four, yeah, yeah there is a ton of those man but there, there was some there were some good ones there were definitely some funny ones in there uh... <laughs>
1: this is this is one of my favorite jokes. did you hear about the bass player who locked his keys in his car it took him an hour to get the drummer out (laughs) yeah i saw that one too (laughs) (laughs) that's one of my favorite jokes of all time oh boy that's great so thank you to everybody for contributing your jokes so every week we're going to put some up for that we're going to read back your stuff we didn't we didn't give anybody's names here
2: no there's just too many like i said we there, there was a lot of good ones so keep them coming for sure you know
1: Oh, some are cruel, though. Don't be cruel when you're telling jokes.
2: Yeah, there's some there's some real... There's some ones I wouldn't repeat on the air that are, are cruel. Yeah. But there's some funny ones, you know?
1: Yeah. Uh, some that have been told to death. <laughs> I don't get that one. I just laughed at some, a joke that I don't even
2: get. <laughs> What do you call a bassist in a suit and tie? What do you say to a bassist in a suit and tie? Will the defendant please rise?
1: Oh, I thought that was the drummer. They said it for about the bassist too?
2: This, yeah, bass player too, and there's the one about how you know if the stage is level, drool runs out of the ball. The drool
1: the, thing, yeah. The
2: drummer's mouth, out of the banjo player's mouth, out of the singer's mouth. It's, it's you know.
1: I, I wonder people, if these people that are posting these jokes here actually went and read the other jokes because people are posting the same joke.
2: Yeah, but some of them are, are far behind. You know, like some of these were, you know, in the like say, you know, in the twenties or thirties, and some of them are in like the two hundreds. You know, so there's definitely. I don't know if anyone's reading through every single one of them. I guess
1: not, because I'm not but even they,
2: doing it. There's also a repeat ones between, like you said, a drummer, a guitar player, a you know, a bass player. They they put, you know, it could be interjected into a bunch of these. You know.
1: Yeah. <sighs> yeah it's cool though i i like uh i like everybody's uh input here
2: uh... <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> why do bass players never get laid because they can't get past the g string
1: ah uh, that's funny unless you have a six string uh, bass then you can
2: a middle c an e flat and a g walk into a bar. The bartender stops them and says, sorry, guys, we don't serve minors.
1: Yeah. I saw that with AC and E, too. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. So uh, those jokes are on the uh, the page. You can check them out if you like. Uh, yeah, it's they, were funny on, stuff. they were posted on Sunday at four thirty Eastern time. So every week, four thirty Eastern yes. time on Sunday, I'm going to post something that you guys can uh, interact with, and we will read your answers on the podcast every week. It's going to be our weekly feature.
2: <laughs> this guy wrote, "I have a Polish friend that's a sound engineer. I have a Czech one too. Get it, Czech one too."
1: <laughs> uh, oh, I, I, I closed my thing. I'm sorry. Uh,
2: terrible, terrible. There we go. All right,
1: we're wrapping this up. Um, so you're it's playing terrible. this. You're playing this. Playing this weekend. You're no, no, uh,
2: not this weekend. Next weekend. Next
1: weekend. Uh, that's what this I meant. This
2: week, building the kit for next weekend.
1: Next weekend. is what I meant. So we'll yes. talk about your kit building next week, and we'll talk about uh, whatever else comes up. I will be playing at the swap tomorrow night, and. Thursday night, and then Friday and Saturday at Crazy Corner, and then Sunday again at the Swamp.
2: Hey, so is Jason, how long is he out for with his broken foot?
1: Up to six weeks. Ouch. Yes. Yeah, so we have subs this weekend again. um, I don't know who it's going to be, so we'll talk about it next week. And we also have a sub singer coming in for both nights. So it should be a wacky wild adventure. That we can That's talk fun. about on Coverband Central Facebook.com slash Cover Band Central Also join the group The group is slamming Blowing up Tony, see you next week brother
2: Adios. Adios. Yeah.
1: Peace out everybody
2: Keep going okay?
0: What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> my mom and dad. My mom right there. From Airship.